This is his mom. I felt so special around her. Joyce is here and Sam. She would dance to music with me on her shoulders. When he was 14, she vanished without telling anyone. What do two film-obsessed brothers do to solve this family mystery? At age 17, Sam and his brother take a road trip to find Sam's mom. Using every video format you can imagine, they make a movie as they travel thousands of miles looking for her. So when we set out to find your mom, did you get what you wanted? Sam Now, one of this year's films at the Wild Film Festival, September 28th through October 1st. See the weekend lineup and get your tickets now at wildfilmfest.org. Fall into wellness with Atlas Chiropractic and the healing touch of Dr. Colin Hardy. As the leaves change, so can your approach to health. Dr. Hardy is dedicated to the transformative power of chiropractic care during this vibrant season of change. Whether you're seeking relief from seasonal discomfort or wish to elevate your overall wellness, Atlas Chiropractic is your haven. Their tailored treatments backed by years of experience ensure that you're not just surviving, you're thriving. Don't let discomfort hold you back. Embrace life's beauty to the fullest. Go to visit Dr. Colin Hardy and welcome the fall season with open arms and a healthy spine. Call 672-6000 for an appointment. 672-6000. Atlas Chiropractic. Nurturing your well-being one adjustment at a time. Hi, I'm Nan with Security State Bank. You can get cash out of the value of your home with a home equity line of credit at Security State Bank. Now through the end of October, qualified applicants receive a fixed low introductory annual percentage rate of 4.99% for the first six months and a fixed APR between 7.18% and 9.69% for 54 months. Security State Bank, your financial partner, offering solutions to meet your financial goals. NMLS 401472. Equal housing land. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 in cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Toys for Tots of Sheridan is receiving these funds for a random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Now, I'm this, uh, this morning I am joined by the supervisor of the Sheridan County Weed and Pest Control District, Mr. Walker Billings. Good morning, Mr. Billings. Oh, good morning, Floyd. Now, how long have you been with the district? Yeah, so I just started in January of this year. Um, it's been a lot to wrap my head around so far, but uh, we're getting there. We just got through with our busy season. Um, so approaching one year with the district. Well, that's fantastic. Now, uh, how did you get involved with the district uh, in the beginning? So I worked one summer in college spraying weeds um, here in Sheridan County, Weed and Pest. Um, and I, I decided then that I wanted to work in the Weed and Pest when I finished school and, 
and uh, I just finished school, um, I guess, about a year and a half ago, and that's what I ended up doing. Um, coming back to work for Sharon County Weed and Pest, and I, I really like it. It's a, it's a great job. What, what were you in school for? Uh, rangeland Ecology and Watershed Management. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. so wow. I, started in, I started studying wildlife, um, and that was a great program, but I got involved with uh, Dr. Mueller, who runs the Extension Center here in Sheridan, the University of Wyoming Extension Center. Um, he just got me really interested in plants, and I took that and ran with it. Um, now, what was it? about the plants that you were like you know what i'm switching because i mean you really you came to a fork in the road and you took the other way uh like you were talking about you know going from the fauna to the flora uh that's kind of a big jump what what really captured you about this you know i guess it's just something that not that many people are are super in tune with um but it's a really deep world and once you once you start looking into it once you start reading about it um it's easy to get passionate about um, I had a lot of mentors that, um, you know, you know those people that they're really excited about something and they make you really excited about it as well. Good teachers. Yeah. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah. yeah. You get involved with those kind of people and it's it's hook, line, and sinker. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I followed that path and uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. Looking back uh, through your studies, were you involved in, uh, like, different, uh, I guess we can say, experiments or studies into a lot of invasive species was that part of the education yeah research is something i've been interested in since so i went to sheridan college before the university um, and i got involved with my advisor there was uh, dr scott newbold um, and did some independent study um, just picked up a few projects here and there just started learning kind of how science works um, and then after that i got more involved with the research side of things and that's that's one of the things that um, really kept me coming back because you get these research projects started and then you, you want to keep answering more and more questions because the more the more answers you find the, the more questions you have a lot of the time that's science right yeah, there isn't exactly it? so the science part of it is something I'm, I'm really passionate about absolutely so did it kind of start off with go take surveys uh, how yeah. many of this is in this area yeah, type counting of grass is a, is a lot of what i did through school <laughs> counting grass yeah, that's counting that's grass. pretty good now if we were to take a, a step back and really look I mean, it's almost self-explanatory. Weed and pest control district. But what is the real purpose of the district itself? Yeah, so, I mean, um, in 1973, the state legislature passed an act that mandated that all counties had to have a weed and pest control district. Um, and I think the reason they did that is because these weeds and oftentimes the pests as well, they can't be managed just on an individual landowner basis. It takes a statewide, a countywide, community-wide effort a lot of times to coordinate the management of these species. Um, so a lot of times what we do is provide support to the landowners to manage their own weeds and then coordinate among different landowners and among different um, organizational and land ownership boundaries to ensure that the, the weed management goals can be met across all those boundaries um, and uh, just to pr provide as much support as we can to accomplish those goals. Now, when it comes to the pest portion of it, what's the pest portion of the weed and pest control? So the, the biggest pest that we deal with is probably prairie dogs, which you hear a lot about. Um, they they can come into an area and, and they eat up all the grass and, and everything, and they just turn it into kind of a wasteland. Um, so prairie dogs are what we deal with most. We also have a pretty robust mosquito program. You might have heard this summer that we had West Nile virus in the area, um, so we ramped up that program a little bit. Um, and then we also deal with the uh, mountain pine beetle a little bit. They're, they're listed, so... Do we have any mountain pine beetle in our area? Do we do we have evidence of, of them around here? Yeah, yeah. I don't think the bighorns have been hit as hard as some other forests in the state. Um, 
but we have got a few calls recently about some mountain pine beetles in the story area. Oh, that's bad news, man. It is, uh, yeah. For those who may not know about this, those things can really devastate a forested area, can't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ever need evidence of this, folks, uh, to the south, uh, just outside of Laramie, and then you go even farther south into Colorado, you can see entire mountainsides, nothing but dead trees all along the side of it. And that's from beetle kill, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think the Forest Service, especially the Bighorn National Forest, has been pretty proactive with the mountain pine beetles. I know they they have folks who focus on those kind of things. Um, and I'm not sure if the bighorns are quite as conducive of a, of a habitat to the pine beetles as other forests are. Um, so I'm not sure we're quite a, as big of a risk. Um, but it's definitely something to stay on top of. Absolutely. And and you're getting reports from a story that they're starting to see some evidence. Yeah, we did get a few phone calls the other day. Um, That's horrible. Uh, if you don't know about the mountain pine beetle, folks, a lot of these things came over on wood shipments uh, from other countries. Um, I, I, I can't remember right off the top of my head, so I don't want to make any any accusations of a country. But they came from overseas in wood shipments, and now they're just kind of spreading throughout the United States, aren't they? Yeah, and that's the case with uh, most of our invasive species, um, weeds and, and pests. Is a lot of them come over from other areas. They're adapted in other areas. And um, we have a lot of weeds here that can take over an area. Uh, but they somewhere in the world have a native range. And if you go back to that native range, they're just part of the ecosystem there. But when they're transported here, something about about the way that they grow or, or the way that they reproduce just lends themselves to becoming overabundant and, and damaging here. Do we have a, a, a big prairie dog problem, or is that something that's uh, eh, kind of typical for our area? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of landowner to landowner. Um, they they kind of come in cycles, too. So a few years ago, we had plague move through. Um, that did wipe out quite a few prairie dogs. Um, they are a, a native um, part of our ecosystem here, but they can reach levels that are pr- pretty problematic when um, the predators aren't there to control them. Um, so they'll establish populations and just continue to grow and, and eventually become damaging. Um, and then, you know, take away forage that could otherwise be used to feed cows or other livestock do you work closely and is there i guess I, the first question i should ask is is there a, like a predation board here in sheridan county people take care of the foxes the coyotes and things like that yeah there is a predator management board um i'm not super familiar with uh all of what they do i, I know they were dealing with the rabies uh, outbreak that we had a little bit in the background here in sheridan county this year um but my office doesn't work super closely with them. No. Now, we've got uh, a meeting coming up. I often speak with the game and fish on invasive species. Uh, Mussels, I mean, we're really kind of almost the last man standing when it comes to those things. And so we've got the AIS check stations, and people are really on top of it. But you're here to talk about an invasive species that is no less destructive to our ecosystem but it's here it's it's not a maybe i mean you you go out and look at this stuff every day and it really does affect like agriculture within the area so tell me what this meeting will cover yeah so we're really looking to get the word out about a few invasive grasses that we've had in our area since 2017 Um, those are ventanata and medusa head Um, like i said they're both identified in sheridan county for the first time in 2017 um 
<clears throat> they reproduce annually. So as opposed to the native grasses that we have here, um, which have a perennial life cycle, so they have deep roots that go into the ground um, and they come back. The same individual comes back year after year. These grasses are, are annual. They um, reproduce by seed and then die at the end of each growing season. Um, and they're winter annual grasses, so they're actually... Um, germinating and becoming seedlings this time of year in the fall. Um, and then what they do is overwinter as seedlings, and then that gives them a competitive edge in the spring so they can outcompete our native perennial grasses that don't start coming up until spring. Um, and then they can become so dense and so thick that they can choke out our native grasses. Um, these grasses aren't palatable uh, hardly at all to livestock or to wildlife, so they can be very damaging. Um, some reports say that you can get up to a 70% decrease in forage value of a rangeland if you have a dense infestation of Medusa head or Venonata. Um, so, so we're really just trying to get the word out. Um, they're, they're pretty restricted in their range right now, um, and what we're trying to do is educate landowners, educate recreators, anyone who's going out um, and enjoying the, the landscape here, working on the landscape here, um, and make sure they know what they're looking for. And if they do find these grasses, um, they should report them to us so that we can um, take management action towards those grasses. Um, like I mentioned, they're, they're pretty restricted in scope right now. Ventanata is a little bit more widespread. Um, Medusa head, we still only have a, a very little amount of, so it's really just in the north central um, and then a little bit on the west side of town, but the north central part of the county. Um, and what we're really trying to do is just detect them as early as possible so that we can get on them before they spread any further. When and where is this meeting going to be held? So it's going to be at the Ranchester Town Hall at 1130 on um, October 4th. And uh, who else is going to be there? Did, is it just going to be the weed and pest, or we got some partnerships coming in? Yeah, so we work really, really closely with a lot of our partners. Um, so the UW Extension Office is going to be joining us, and they're going to be going over, you know, um, identification and the impacts of these grasses. Um, and then the Sheridan County uh, NRCS, Natural Resource Conservation Service, they have a, a pretty robust annual invasive grass program as well, and they're going to be joining us to talk about their program. Now, when we look at uh, uh, how these things got here, uh, let's just take a, because we're going to get more detailed in the second half on, on each one of these species. But what's the best guess that we've got? Yeah, I mean, it's probably contaminated grain. Um, they come over from both of these species, Medusa head and Ventanata, come from the Mediterranean region of Europe. Um, a lot of times we just say that invasive species come from Eurasia, so they came from somewhere over there. Um, Ventanata has another common name. It's called North African wiregrass, so that kind of gives you an idea where it comes from. Um, but they ended up in the Pacific Northwest, so like in Oregon and Washington, um, quite a number of years ago. And then since then, they've kind of just been slowly working their way um, east through through the eastern part of those states and then into Montana. Um, and you can kind of track them, and they've started moving down into us. So we're looking to, to kind of put a stop to that. We're, we're worried about them moving further east and further south because we're kind of the entrance to the Great Plains ecoregion. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's habitat suitability models that show that these grasses could be very competitive and very successful if they were to enter that area before we have the tools to manage them. And right now we, we just don't. So um, we're trying to stop them here. Um, you mentioned partners. We put together a group um, right as soon as we first identified these grasses here. Um, and really our goal is containment, keeping them out of the rest of Wyoming, um, out of the Great Plains ecoregion. Um, Ventanata has been moving 
quite a bit more rapidly than Medusa had. Um, so we've picked it up further south in the state, down into, um, I think, as far south as Albany County um, and over into South Dakota even. Um, so another another part of what we do since we've been dealing with these grasses since 2017 is, um, and not weed and pest specifically, but the the group that we're a part of. The um, team the itself. The team, yep. So we call it the Northeast Wyoming Invasive Grasses Working Group. Um, and it's partners, uh, Wyoming Game and Fish, University of Wyoming, NRCS, Pheasants Forever. Um, the list goes on. It's, it's much longer than that. Um, a bunch of the other weed and pest districts, Johnson County, Campbell County is uh, a big partner. Um, and a lot of what we do is provide support to um, the managers and the places who are just seeing this grass for the first time because um, we've been managing it for a, a few years now. I wouldn't say we're experts, but uh, we're kind of starting to get the hang of things. So um, especially the university um, is, is a big piece of that. So they, they travel around and, and kind of try to help people who are just seeing this grass for the first time or talk about prevention, how they can prevent it from coming in. Um, this, this style of weed management is what we call early detection and rapid response. So you got to pick it up early while it's while the infestation is still small, and then you've got to be able to hop on that infestation quickly before it spreads further. And what's the best management style we found so far? I mean, um, I don't want to get out, uh, on too much of a tangent and give away the second part, but we're looking at what, chemical treatments? Yeah, chemical treatment um, is really the main tool in the toolbox here. Um, I, wish, I wish there were other viable options, but... Um, there have been analyses done that show that chemical treatment is really the only um, effective tool we have in the long term. When, when you're working with the university and when you were working in school, uh, was this an issue? Uh, people were sitting around talking about this quite a bit, or, or is it something that was kind of a side project? Yeah, it's been it's been a pretty hot topic. Um, I know the folks up in this part of the state especially have been focused on it pretty heavily for a number of years. Um, there's been a lot of resources poured towards this effort. Um, you know, and that's just because these grasses pose a great threat to our sagebrush ecosystems, um, which, you know, as far as all the the actions that have been taken to protect sage grouse habitat in the last few years, this is a big part of that. Um, we see that uh, there are up to 1.3 million acres of prime sagebrush grassland habitat lost every year in the U.S. Holy cow. Um, and up to 75% of that is directly attributable to invasive annual grasses. And I mean, if we really look at Wyoming, that's a majority of our ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Wyoming's really one of the last bastions of really, really great sagebrush habitat in western North America. Um, you know, a lot of people, they drive around, you you know, you take the drive to Laramie or the drive to Cheyenne, you just think that's one big, big empty space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but when, you know, you're someone like me or, or someone who cares a lot about those kinds of functioning ecosystems, um, or if you could just appreciate them for the natural beauty, too, um, there's, there's a lot of systems that are at work within those areas that some people just see as wastelands, um, and they're really critical for the livelihoods of our ranchers, um, wintering grounds for wildlife, if, if you appreciate hunting at all, um, and all, all sorts of other, um, there's all kinds of natural resources that are bountiful in, in those empty spaces of Wyoming. And the cows aren't eating this stuff. Neither are the deer and the antelope, are they? Yeah, no, exactly. So these grasses, um, they're pretty... Um, there, there's almost no forage value to them at all. So is it just, it, do they have a lot of silicate in there? Yep, is that what yep, it is? spot on. So yeah. Ventanata accumulates silica out of the ground, which is the building block of glass. So um, you'll see 
tufts of uh, ventanata spit out. You go out of a rangeland that's infested with ventanata, um, and you see where the cows have been grazing. They'll pick up, you know, a mouthful, and it's half good grass, half half ventanata, and they'll just spit out the whole mouthful. Yeah, they won't eat it at all because it's it's like chewing up sand, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's terrible it's, for their teeth and their digestive system. A lot of times, people don't know that if you can walk up to a, a plant or a weed and just kind of run your hand up the stalk, then and if if it feels gritty, that's the silicate yeah, yeah that's exactly what you're feeling and, yep. and that's what they're chewing it's on. rough stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah it tears their teeth up quick yeah. yeah and and these animals are feeling that grittiness and so they don't want to eat this yeah no junk. they know it when they take a bite they know it pretty quick and spit it right out especially they've been around quite a while right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right on that we're going to take a quick commercial break when we come back we're going to have more from our weed and pest control district you're listening to public pulse on 9 30 k early 103.9 fm sheridan Recognize another winner of $1,000 in cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Toys for Tots of Sheridan is receiving these funds for random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Cowboy fans, the Cowboys are back in action to take on the New Mexico Lobos on Saturday, September 30th. Kickoff is set for 2 p.m., so be sure to arrive early and enjoy all the pregame festivities. And it's homecoming weekend, so make sure to bring the whole family and enjoy an action-packed game day in Laramie. Get your tickets today at GoWyo.com or call 307-766-7220. We'll see you on Saturday, September 30th at The War. When you talk to your pets, this is what they hear. And your dog replies, Hey, Mr. Whiskers, I think he's saying we're getting new dog and cat food from Northwest Naturals. Raw diets for dogs and cats sold locally only at the Health Nut. He says Northwest Naturals has cat treats, too. Which means you guys stay here. I'm going to the Health Nut in Sheridan's 5th Street Mall right now. Hi, this is Christy Kinghorn with Buffalo Realty. And let's talk about Nine to Smith Court. This lake resort oasis on 5.16 acres overlooks Lake DeSmith. The layout of this four-bedroom, three-bath home has a master bedroom suite with a walk-in closet and master bath. Nice office and three more bedrooms and two more bathrooms. A large kitchen with an island separates the living room and the family room. Call me, Christy Kinghorn at Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. I'm Steve Sisson, inviting you to Jackalopes Explore, the new video podcast from Sheridan Media. It's unlike anything else on your feed. Every week, the Jackalopes explore something, and it could be anything. Politics, UFO sightings, social issues, conspiracies, no matter what it is, we'll dig for the truth and explore it with a unique Wyoming perspective through an entertaining, lively conversation. Take it 
trip down the jackalope hole with us every week. Jackalopes Explore. New episodes Wednesdays at SheridanMedia.com. If you're looking for a little extra sports coverage in life, you should check out the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast hosted by me, James Timberlake. Every week, we break down some of the biggest stories in the sports world as well as some other topics along the way. And we'll maybe talk about something random, like how mind-blowing the invention of shoelaces must have been when they first came out. Who knows? For all of your sports jargon and maybe a little extra, check out the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast posted every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts or on SheridanMedia.com, presented by Jack and Kathleen Wood at 307 Real Estate and Alpine Climate Control. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. And this morning, I'm speaking with Walker Billings. He's the supervisor of the Sheridan County Weed and Pest Control District. We're talking about invasive grass species. And one thing that I really want to impart to uh, everybody out there listening is this is a problem that we need to get ahead of and stay ahead of. Um, We can't uh, really ignore this one. It's going to sweep through a lot faster than what we think. And so we got to give our 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 county weed and pest control districts as much support as we can. This is something that can affect the livelihoods of our ag community. Uh, let's start with Ventanata, uh, Walker. We we talked about the, the high levels of silicate in some of these things. They're not good for food. Uh, they're not a pretty plant. Uh, we're not going to, you know, pot these up and, and bring them into the house. What does Ventanata look like? So Yeah, so Ventanata is just a really light, light grass so it's not very robust it doesn't grow big and tall like a lot of our perennial grasses does um it it is very green early in the year i mentioned it overwinters as a seedling so a lot of times it's the first thing to to be green in the spring um but then it dries out very quickly um it has a life cycle it's kind of live fast die young so um it it puts all of its resources into growing up as as tall as it can with what little roots it has um and then producing seed and then it, it dies um and that that's Kind of another issue with Ventanata is when it does dry out, it can dry out in, um, depending on the year, late May, early June, um, and then that can increase fire risk because it's it's a very fine fuel, doesn't it? Yeah, just a really fine continuous fuel that fills in all the little tiny gaps um, that are usually exist in a healthy ecosystem. So um, under sagebrush plants within kind of uh, perennial grass communities, um, it grows. Uh, small, it produces seed, and then it dies, and then it's just a fine, continuous fuel that can carry fire across the landscape. It can be damaging to um, all sorts of things, of course, uh, buildings and, and human things, but also um, sagebrush isn't adapted to experience fire that often. So when you have invasive grasses move into an area, um, you get fire happening more frequently, um, then those sagebrush aren't able to compete, and you, you can lose that critical piece of, uh, we call it a sagebrush grassland, because, you know, sagebrush sagebrush is a critical piece of that habitat um, and you can lose the sagebrush pretty quickly you know it I'm, i grew up here and uh lived in wyoming uh, almost all my life and i never once thought boy i'm gonna have to fight to save the sagebrush you know but uh here we are here, here i mean the fight is just beginning but here we are we're gonna have to fight to save our our sagebrush uh something that i never thought <laughs> would happen but if we if if we're walking through our our fields or or our, our farmland area and and 
we see this thing from the top down what am i going to look at is it it does it grow in like a star pattern or does it just go straight up no it's it's a it's just a small grass it only reaches you know eight to 12 inches tall so it's it's going to be pretty small and i think um a key a key identifying characteristic is just green early in the year and then it's the first thing to dry out um, a lot of people know what cheatgrass looks like, and ventanata looks fairly similar. It's just a really small stature, really fine grass um, with kind of pokey seeds that can get stuck in your socks. Uh, now, let's talk about spread, because a lot of people spread this stuff without realizing it. Uh, there's a reason why my father uses certified hay and only certified hay. Can you tell us what that reason is? Yeah, these, I mean, these grasses can move very quickly. They can be spread by humans. Um, I mentioned the seeds get stuck in your socks, um, the mud on your boot, and I clean out the laces of my boots all the time just because you find so many seeds of, of all different kinds of species, including the bad ones, in your boots. Um, uh, your, it can get stuck in the hair on your horses. It can get stuck in um, the stuck to cows. It can get stuck to wildlife, deer. It can get picked up by birds and moved that way, moved by wind. It's really difficult to stop the spread of these species once they get established, and that's why I want to jump on them as early as we can. And one thing, you know, taking the four-wheeler and, and the motocross bike and the side-by-side, down to get her washed off would probably be a pretty good idea um these things the seeds can get stuck in the tread uh with mud can it yeah absolutely we um as part of the wyoming weed and pest council we are part of a campaign called play clean go um so you hear the the game of fish talking with aquatic invasive species about i think it's drain clean dry it's kind of a similar idea after you go somewhere um, whether you know that there's weeds or not before you leave that area it's a good idea to you know shake off your boots we have boot brush stations at some popular recreation sites across the county just wipe your boot off in those boot brush stations Um, if you're you know riding a four-wheeler or a dirt bike um, spray it off clean it off um, pick out the mud uh, as best you can and then go on your way and we know that that seems like an inconvenience but the fact of the matter is you don't want to be spreading this stuff through our greater sagebrush ecosystem yeah absolutely and um it 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 just takes a few minutes of your time but it can really save uh, a lot of folks a lot of heartbreak um if you're recreating on you know some of our uh, land trust areas where private landowners have really generously uh, opened up their their land for you to recreate on um it saves um and and not only can it save the the land that you're recreating on but also all the lands adjacent yeah absolutely because once this stuff's established it's a real pain to get rid of it yeah. so make sure that uh, we're not helping it along uh and uh you make sure that those recreation vehicles are clean uh the boot stations are there for a good reason folks go ahead and just take a couple of minutes stop by teach the kids how to do it as well it's a really good practice they might even think it's pretty fun Let's talk about Medusa head. This has a more specific uh, look to it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I get asked every once in a while. I think um, my wife just asked me a few weeks ago, what does Medusa head look like? And I told her, just close your eyes, picture a grass that would be named Medusa head, and that's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) If you you know the Greek story, then you know Medusa head. Yeah, but it's just got all kinds of seeds coming um, in every which direction off the top. But again, it's it's got that same life cycle as Ventanata, so it doesn't grow very tall. It's it's pretty small, um, but those seeds are pretty sticky. Um, Like you mentioned, the silica um, that you can feel on the the stalks of some plants absolutely these seed heads are just like that so they have like little burrs that can get caught in your your socks your pants or or the hair of your animals or anything um and that's that's how they move 
Uh, and that's that's it's a genius tactic. It really, is, yeah. uh, it really is. Uh, just stick to something; and it'll carry you to the next destination. Yep. So make sure uh, once again you're cleaning everything off. Now, uh, Walker, if somebody's walking through their their land, they come across something. They're like, "Okay, haven't seen that before. I grew up here. I don't like the look of it." Can they give you a ring? Yeah, absolutely. We um, better safe than sorry. If if you're not sure what it is, snap a picture. Um, email it to me or my office. Um, give us a call. Let us know. Um, we'd be happy to come out and take a look. Even if even if it doesn't turn out to be a weed, we can usually help you figure out what it is, um, how, how you can manage the the effects of of that plant. Um, especially, you know, we have a lot of new people moving into town. If if you're not sure what you're looking at, um, give us a call. We'd be happy to come out and uh, just help you identify what kind of plants you have, if any of them are going to be troublesome. If I wanted to learn more about this, maybe find a picture online so I knew what I was looking at. Uh, you've got these up on your website? Yeah, absolutely. It's scweeds.com. You can go to our website. And we have details on all our different programs, um, but definitely some identification help for um, all different kinds of weeds and specifically these grasses. Um, and that's, uh, again, that meeting that we have on the 4th, um, that's that's our main goal with this meeting is just um, to get people to know what they're looking at. So we're going to sit in the in the classroom for a little while, go over the effects and how you can identify these things. We're going to enjoy some lunch. Um, and then we're going to all convoy out to a site pretty close to Ranchester where you can see Medusa Head and Ventnata in the field because you can look at as many pictures of these grasses as you like. Um, but what it really takes to be able to recognize it is to see it in person in real life. Um, so we're going to take folks out. We're going to show them what Ventnata and Medusa head look like in the field. Um, and then w- once you see it like that, it, it's pretty recognizable and, and folks should be able to know what they're looking at. Well, and uh, I don't want to get uh, any other grass in any trouble, but is, is it pretty specific if I were to run my finger up, uh, up one of the blades, I can feel that silicate? Yeah, uh, Medusa head specifically uh, definitely has that characteristic. Ventnata is a little smoother, so Ventnata doesn't have any hairs. I don't think it's quite as rough, but Medusa head definitely. Yeah, you feel that. It feels like sandpaper when you rub yeah. your fingers up that stuff, yeah. and uh, you'll know. I've got Medusa head in my field. I better give Walker a call. Tell me where and when that meeting's going to be one more time, Walker. Yeah, so it's going to be at the Ranchester Town Hall um, next Wednesday, October 4th at 1130. All right, folks. Uh, there's There's the place place to be uh sit down uh speak with walker if you feel that you've got this stuff in your field walker i want to thank you so much for coming in this morning my oh, friend well, thanks for having me when we return we're going to talk about the upcoming reagan day dinner you're listening to public pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 fm share it Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 in cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Toys for Tots of Sheridan is receiving these funds for a random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment Member FDIC. Wrap Plumbing and Heating has been serving Sheridan since 2010. With all these years of experience, you can rely on them to handle all of your plumbing and heating needs. From new construction to remodels, repairs of existing systems to retrofitting, Wrap Plumbing and Heating can do it all. They are professional, clean, and courteous. 
Call 429-1196 for all your plumbing or heating needs. As we like to say, if you find a leak, let Dan take a peek. It's the final week of Moss Holder's Dining Room Sale. Right now, every piece of dining room furniture is on sale, even special orders. Almost all orders will arrive in time for Thanksgiving and Christmas, so there won't be a better time to upgrade your set before the holidays. Moss Holders carries tons of high-quality, solid-wood dining groups, as well as less expensive options for those on a budget. Stop by our 18,000-square-foot showroom and see all that Moss Holders has to offer. Moss Holders Dining Room Sale, going on now. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. The owners and staff at Kane's Funeral Home would like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson Counties for choosing Kane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Kane Funeral Home makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. Kane's Funeral Home. Call 673-5837 or visit them online at canefuneral.com. Our paint department is stocked up and ready to get you going on your exterior painting projects. Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. Now's the time, too. We're excited to help you with your exterior painting and staining projects. We have true value in PPG paints and stains, many exciting options and color combinations for your outside project. Come see us. Great paint, great store. The Sheridan Commercial Company and office supply store at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. The Total Store remodel is underway at Legacy Diamond and Gems. They are open at a temporary location, 17 East Lauk Street, between P.O. News and the Chocolate Tree. Legacy Diamond and Gems will continue their full-service jewelry and watch repair and personalized custom designs from their two graduate bench jewelers. You can also set up an appointment to view inventory from other departments. Legacy Diamond and Gems will reopen soon. In the meantime, visit online at LegacyDiamondGems.com or stop by 17 East Lauks in Sheridan. It's the final week of Moss Holder's Dining Room Sale. Right now, every piece of dining room furniture is on sale, even special orders. Almost all orders will arrive in time for Thanksgiving and Christmas, so there won't be a better time to upgrade your set before the holidays. Moss Holder's carries tons of high-quality, solid-wood dining groups, as well as less expensive options for those on a budget. Stop by our 18,000-square-foot showroom and see all that Moss Holder's has to offer. Moss Holder's Dining Room Sale, going on now. Moss Holder's, furniture is our passion. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. For the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by the Reagan Day Dinner Committee members, Bev Leichnam and Judy Hayworth. Good morning, ladies. Good, Good morning, morning, Floyd. Now, uh, Thanks first, for having oh, us. Oh, thank you for coming in. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, and let's start with what the reagan day dinner is judy can you tell us about that certainly reagan day dinner is a fundraiser for the republican party it is our biggest fundraiser of the year and uh we've been uh having this reagan day dinner for the last several years formerly it was known as the lincoln day dinner and was held in february why the change? Um, I'm not sure. I, I didn't have a part in that change. But, uh, you know, Reagan uh, is uh, a younger, I mean, a more recent president. And so uh, folks maybe were more interested in, in uh, naming it 
Reagan Day dinner instead of Lincoln Day dinner. You know, I can remember sitting and, and listening to Reagan as a little kid. My dad used to uh-huh. put me in front of the TV during the news when the president was on. That was very important to him. Yes. With that we paid attention to that kind of stuff. Now, it used to be called the Lincoln Day dinner. Now it's the Reagan Day dinner. You said that you had a story that you wanted to share. What, what do you got? Well, in 1965, I was a... Uh, Sheridan College Republican, and I attended the Lincoln Day dinner in February, probably for Lincoln's birthday uh, is why they would have it in February, and it was at the Sheridan Inn in the big banquet room, and uh, it, it was my first Lincoln Day or Reagan Day dinner, so I... I feel really very good that I was able to attend that. Oh, absolutely. And have you attended it every year since? No, because I did not live here. Uh, I went off to college and then lived in Montana for nearly 40 years. Returned here in um, 2007, but have been coming to the uh, Reagan Day dinner since then. Oh, that's since fantastic. That time. How much has changed in that amount of time to your memory? Um, well, uh, we at the Sheridan Inn, we were in long tables seated side by side. If people remember how they used to s- set up the banquet room at that time. And uh, so that was a little different. Now we sit at round tables, and it's, I think that... Uh, uh, it helps people to talk to each other and really enjoy their time as uh, as a group. Absolutely. Just kind of uh, centered around um, um, one conversation could vary from yes. area to area yes. as opposed to having to scream at each other down, right. <laughs> down a right. straight table. I think so, too. Now, uh, so this is a fundraiser. What What is the atmosphere like in these dinners, Bev? It's very electric. Um, it's very excitable. Of course, we have wonderful speakers that uh, come and address the group. And uh, we're very fortunate this year to have Congresswoman Harriet Hageman come. Um, we're all extremely excited about that. It's just very charged. Um, and if you're a political fan, it's like... The super well, maybe not the Super Bowl, but you know, it's like the homecoming. It's close to it, isn't it? It's like the homecoming game. You know, <laughs> it's for the basketball championship, whatever um, thing. It, it's that big of a deal for those of us who are in the political forums. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do we generally have speakers that talk on like national issues, or are we looking at more local? Uh, issues affecting the GOP? It's both. Um, Obviously, we are very interested in what is going on in Washington, D.C., and so we're interested in hearing the things that Harriet is working on and how she is protecting the interests of the Western states and, you know, specifically Wyoming. Um, But yet there are those same issues here in Sheridan County in the state of Wyoming that our sister states have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And we're always interested in how the um, 
people in D.C. can help us with those yeah. issues. Yeah, if, if they can. If right? they can. If they can. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, what's on the menu this year? The menu is uh, you, you have a choice. Uh, you can have um, beef and served with the beef is a baked potato and some carrots. You will get a salad. And then uh, we will have uh, a choice of desserts. Uh, they are uh, both, both cakes, but I think we have a lemon cake and a chocolate cake. Oh, sounds like a pretty good dinner. If yes. I'm not going to have the beef, is there, are we going to have like a chicken or a fish? Uh, and, and the other choice is um, salmon. And with the salmon, you will have rice pilaf and asparagus along with the salad and the dessert. That sounds like a fantastic meal. And Judy, you just pulled that right from memory. That was You didn't even need anything in front of you on I've that one. I've been working on this for a while. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. Now, our big special guest uh, is going to be Representative Harriet Hageman. Uh, she's going to come in and talk about some issues affecting Wyoming and uh, what's going on up there at Washington. Uh, she's been there for a little less than a year, right? So That's she's correct. She's uh, probably getting her feet wet, trying to figure everything out i don't i'm not sure if they put uh fairly new congress people on committees do they do it or do they allow a year or so i have seen her on tv uh for some of the committee meetings oh fantastic so she is there Uh she's involved yes they they do allow that all right well i didn't know that now when and where is it going to be happening this year bev it is going to be Saturday, October 14th at the Ramada here in Sheridan. Um, there is a reception at 5 p.m. with the dinner following at 6. And then, of course, the remarks by Congresswoman Hageman um, to follow that. Now, how much are these tickets? Because uh, I know there's a couple different uh, uh, tickets I can purchase. Uh, the individual dinner tickets are $75 per person. If you wish to attend the pre-dinner cocktail reception, that is an additional 25 We do offer student tickets, and we actually have had a really good response to our um, high school and our college students that attend. Those tickets will only be $35. Oh, that's and great. And we try very hard to find sponsors that will provide those tickets free of charge to our um, students. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, we got some really active, uh, great kids. Yes, yes. The we the people. Yes, uh, absolutely. And they're, they're champions. Yes. I mean, yeah. uh, these individuals, these, these students are so smart when it comes to uh, national issues and, and, and debates. Uh, yes. They're an absolute pleasure to speak with. Uh, there is a 430 meeting for the students with Harriet. And uh, uh, she always does such a wonderful job uh, talking to them and I think that helps get them excited about politics and what's happening in their government. Oh, that is great. So when it comes to the student tickets, uh, whether that's purchased by a sponsor or maybe the kids themselves, uh, they also have an opportunity to sit with Congresswoman Hageman. Yes. One-on-one with the Congresswoman. Wow. Yeah. How cool is that? I know. 
I want to be a student. <laughs> we offer uh, two options for buying tables. Uh, the red, white, and blue table is $800, and it uh, would have uh, eight uh, dinner uh, tickets. Uh, and then the uh, gold table does cost $1,000, but you have eight tickets and then four student tickets that you can uh, invite students that you know or you can donate, you know, uh, so that uh, perhaps the government class would have four people that would like to come and and they could use those tickets. Oh, I think that's a great opportunity. Uh, it's only $1,000. You get you and your friends can <laughs> sit and, and who knows, you know, get to know some of these kids. Uh, I had an opportunity to sit with one at a dinner once, and uh, next thing I knew, we were in, involved in this big conversation uh, revolving around the death penalty. <laughs> so I, it was great, and boy, did he know his stuff. Uh, and so it is an absolute pleasure to be able to sit down, get to know some of these students, only $1,000, or you can even donate those away. You can give those uh, to a student who may not have the opportunity to go on their own. Where can I purchase these tickets? Well, actually, we can. Um, Judy Hayworth here is our contact person for the tickets, and her telephone number is 752-7705, or you can go online at www.scwygop.us and purchase them online. Now, we also have some auctions going on to help uh, raise some of the funds for the GOP. What are we looking at as far as auction items, Beth? Well, um, the community has been very, very generous and kind to us in offering either services or um gifts from local businesses and whatnot so we have everything from car washes to gas to um plants to um tickets uh, depending upon which business we contacted now can i can i access this auction online no. No, this is going to be no. in person. This will be okay. in person at the site. All right. So there's also going to be an auction going on there, folks. Uh, you can help raise some money and get something pretty good in return. Small businesses around here, donating services. I think that's something that's fantastic as well. Now, uh, where can someone go to learn more if, uh, if maybe they're just joining? We would invite everyone to um, visit our local GOP website, which is SCWIGOP that I mentioned before, and uh, that is our local county website for the GOP party. Beth, Judy, I want to thank you both for taking the time to come in and speak with me about this dinner. Uh, I'm, I'm really hoping you get a lot of folks out there. It usually sounds like it's usually pretty full, isn't it, yes, Judy? Yes, it is. So um, tickets are probably going to go fast, yes. folks. The one thing I wanted to mention is our theme for First this year bank. is... Let freedom ring. <laughs> there you go. I love it. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Share. Media, as part of their community commitment, 
Toys for Tots of Sheridan is receiving these funds for a random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. McDonald's restaurants in Sharon have the opportunity you've been waiting for. They're looking for enthusiastic open and closer crew members starting at an impressive $17 per hour. At McDonald's, Larry Starrow and the crew are all about helping you reach your goals. Open and closer crew members are the heart and soul of McDonald's success. Ready to join the fun starting at $17 per hour? Go online to myhire.com or stop by any Sheridan McDonald's location to pick up an application. Jim Markle Sr. doesn't talk about his time in Vietnam, but he's carried it with him ever since. It wasn't until 1980, five years after the end of the Vietnam War, that the condition post-traumatic stress disorder was even identified. One minute we're in combat, next minute we're back home. It was just too much. The Wild Film Festival presents Return, a story that documents a father-son trip to Vietnam to hopefully gain an understanding of events that ultimately shape their relationship. Brought something back from Vietnam. He's carried it with him for 40 plus years now, and I think he's going to leave it behind. I hope he can. Return. Just one of the films at this year's Y.O. Film Festival, September 28th through October 1st. I also like to see what happened to those units who were left behind. We were supposed to pull a lot of people out of Vietnam, and we just left and abandoned them. See the full lineup and get your tickets at yofilmfest.org. Every three hours in the U.S., a person or vehicle is hit by a train. Every three hours. Making the safe choice is always the right choice, especially around railroad tracks and trains. You can stop track tragedies. Recognize the signs. Make safe choices. Share the message. See tracks. Think train. Visit oli.org to learn more. Sponsored by the Wyoming Association of Broadcasters, Wyoming Operation Lifesaver, and this station. ERA Carroll Realty, Wyoming Corporate Office, and First Federal Savings Bank ask you to help them fill the bus with food for the food group and the 700 school children assisted with weekend meals. It's as easy as finding the food group bus this Saturday in the Ridley's parking lot from 10 to 2, then donating a food item from the food list found at SheridanMedia.com. Cash donations are also welcome Come on, Sheridan, help fill the bus for the food group, making a difference one kid at a time. It's the final week of Moss Holder's Dining Room Sale. Right now, every piece of dining room furniture is on sale, even special orders. Almost all orders will arrive in time for Thanksgiving and Christmas, so there won't be a better time to upgrade your set before the holidays. Moss Holder's carries tons of high-quality, solid wood dining groups, as well as less expensive options for those on a budget. Stop by our 18,000-square-foot showroom and see all that Moss Holders has to offer. 